People pay money to see me in a 20 by 20 ring. Welcome back to another edition of your 20 by 20 ring crew. I am Joe. I'm here with Matt as always. Matt, what's going on? Hey, what's going on? We're back. Episode 95 here live and in effect for you folks. Um, thank you as always for hanging in there with us. And um, God damn, a lot of wrestling shit going on. A lot of tons of wrestling shit. Uh, we are currently, as always, we have wrestling on in the background as you should too. We are watching... NXT TakeOver Portland, which happened uh, in mid-February uh, 2020 here. And uh, this is the first match, Keith Lee versus, uh, I always mess his fucking name up, Dijakovic. Yeah, Dominic Dijakovic. There you go. Uh, two crazy fucking big men, if, if there ever were some. Well, he uh, had an easier name in Ring of Honor. He was just Dominic Dijak. Yeah, I, I don't know why. Adding all those syllables, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, this this entire card, if, for those of you who haven't had a chance to watch it, please do. It, it was a hell of a show. I was remarking to Matt. Matt has not watched it yet. He's watching it as we uh, record this episode. But uh, this entire card was, was fucking pretty stellar, and... That last match between Tommaso Ciampa and Adam Cole, um, I would be surprised if Tommaso Ciampa does not walk away with any further injury because of that, that there's a stinger moment he had um, that involved the commentator's table. And, you know, this guy just came back from 10 months roughly of uh, time off due to a neck injury and you don't want to ever see anybody get hurt, and you could tell he was in pain afterwards. It was so much so that, like, the color of his skin changed. He was like a purple red, the remainder of of the match, and he still wrestled like fifteen to twenty more minutes before the the match ended. So, and that wasn't only the fucking neck, the only neck bump he took after that. So it's just it, it was it was such a fucking sight to see. Uh, shouts out to both of those guys for. For putting it all out there, man, it was a hell of a match. It's always tough to, you know, you got a guy like uh, Champo who, throughout his career, has been injured prone, and uh, you know they WWE obviously, or at least the NXT brand obviously sees a lot in him. They immediately put him back into the title hunt when he came back. Um, even though this is, I believe, his first title match, but he was put back as a legit contender for yeah, that yeah, title game. Yeah, it wasn't yeah. like, oh, you gotta you gotta go back and, you know, go through the mid card all over again and stuff like that. Like it's you know, you're back at it. But even though he didn't win the match, you know, see if he stays healthy, you can easily see him uh at some point this year, even as early as uh takeover Tampa, Tampa Bay or whatever it is, maybe even WrestleMania and and, and, and fight again for the title, maybe even win it, if he stays healthy. Uh, you, you, it, you always cringe, especially with neck injuries, but even more so when a guy who has already had neck injuries, neck problems, it's, um, 
you know, I'm no doctor, but I, I do know that those are uh, one of those injuries that's not only could end your career, but they could they could end a lot more than that. So, um, hopefully, he's okay. I haven't heard anything about it. As no, a, as no, neither have I. So I, I guess no news is good news, maybe. Yeah. But uh, but definitely uh, trying. Hopefully, hopefully, Champ was okay. At uh, I haven't seen it, but um, regardless of, of of my viewership of it or not, it happened and. And again, hopefully he he doesn't. Not only that he's going to be okay, but hopefully he doesn't have to miss in, you know too much time. Yeah. And you know, hopefully yeah. he's back by early April so he can do WrestleMania weekend whatever they have planned for him. But uh, regardless, Adam Cole is still your NXT champion, and that leaves to wonder. All right, this is the last NXT show until Takeover Tampa Bay slash WrestleMania. I'm putting those two together because there's a possibility, and I'm not. There's no rumor or anything like that. It's a possibility that you see an NXT match at WrestleMania. Um, I think it happened last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, Adam Cole, I know, was 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 at, at, at one point rumored to to be in a match with AJ Styles. Um, yeah, that AJ Styles actually happening now. AJ Styles went to uh, creative and said, "Look, I want Adam Cole for WrestleMania." And what does AJ Styles get? The Undertaker. Uh, I don't understand why exactly. I mean, you know, I, I think you commented online like, "Why, why have that match when you can just have a muscle sixty-year-old man?" Um, I, I don't know. I don't know why exactly they they decided to do that. Um, other than ruthless aggression, I say that because. <laughs> Of what I was talking about earlier before we started recording. Uh, so after TakeOver Portland, they immediately premiered the first episode of a new documentary called Ruthless Aggression. About the company's era that happened after the Attitude Era. After Nitro and WCW became parts of WWE. And uh, I told Matt, it's uh, it felt... Don't get me wrong, it was like quality programming, but it felt like Vince told them, like, look, we got all this footage of this shit laying around, just go do something with it, you know? Busy work for somebody. Yeah, but I'm sitting there watching it, not that I wanted to, but I'm sitting there watching it, kind of like letting it play along in the background, and I told Matt, every, every beat in that episode, in that first episode, you pretty much... If, even if you have half a brain, you can relate it to what's going on today with the with the company. They are literally, at least with the main rosters, they are literally in the same place they were back then, where you had, you know, you had the promise of, oh, we have WCW now, we get to see all these dream matches and stuff, and it's not happening because although they had the WCW, they bought them. It didn't come with all that because of, of uh, a myriad of, of reasonings. So now you see that these days, like you have this immaculate roster of talent, and for whatever reason, we're not getting everything that w- was pretty much promised to us as fans when people get signed. We don't get to see uh, CN Alamus be as good as he was in NXT, you know, uh, or CMLL, or CMLL, yeah, thank you, 
Um, you know, it, it took it took Finn Balor to come back to NXT to have the Finn Balor of old, the one that everybody was interested and to in. Good dream matches again, him versus Gargano. Which yeah. we're about to see. I haven't seen the match, but I'm hoping it's a good one. It's a good match. There you go. And so we're, we're they're stuck in the same predicament, and I just it's it's one of those things. Not to sound like you know dad over here or anything, but. Uh, History repeats itself. You know, you should learn history so you don't have to repeat those same mistakes. And for whatever reason, they are, man. They, they just are. And I'll leave it at that. And, and I say that in relation to the AJ Styles situation. It's like, hey, you clearly have the opportunity to make one hell of a fucking WrestleMania moment with Adam Cole and AJ Styles. But what do you do? You put Undertaker in there. Why? More than likely, because, hey... I know Undertaker, this is Vince by the way, I know Undertaker can carry our brand and, and, and make it relevant. I hate to tell you guys this, I, I love The Undertaker, I've said it a million times, but no, no more. Just stop, fucking stop. We don't need any more Undertaker matches at all, WrestleMania or otherwise. He just can't do it anymore. <laughs> so... Adam Cole, AJ Styles, many years ago, wasn't actually that. I wouldn't say many; it's a stretch. But about five, six years ago, they had a <laughs> they, they had a match at War of the Worlds. Yeah, great match. Hell of a fucking match. And uh, you haven't just like what they did with AJ Styles and Nakamura. You have an opportunity to do it again, but on your platform the biggest platform of the year. And I said this in last week's episode that WrestleMania is the biggest wrestling show of the year, bar none. More eyes are on WrestleMania than any other wrestling show. Again, it doesn't mean it's the best, but it is the most watched. You have an opportunity to take two of your top stars in the company, including your NXT champion in Adam Cole, and put him against the guy that is, without a without a shadow of a doubt, one of the best wrestlers to ever walk foot into your door, into your ring. Absolutely. Uh, on the biggest stage of the year, that's money. That writes itself. That's a check that I would cash any day of the week. Yeah. And you, you drop that ball to give him the Undertaker. Now look, I there there is a potentially Undertaker. This is all a potential match. It's not an yeah. official book match, by the way, as of this recording, but you have a room in your on your roster to do these kind of gimmicky dream matches because they do exist. The Undertaker versus Sting, for example. That is a match that a lot of people would want to see, of course. It's not going to be a good match. It it, it wasn't going to be a good match 10 years ago. But would it have been cool? Sure. There's room for stuff like that. There's room for... Not that I'm a fan of, of it, per se, but it's not about me. There's room for bringing back Goldberg for one... You know, for these random matches. Whatever. You know, Goldberg versus... I don't know, Roman Reigns. I, I don't fucking know. <laughs> but there's a time and a place for everything. Absolutely. And... WrestleMania is not supposed to be the time where we do these over-the-top gimmicky matches for the majority of the show. You know, you you took Rhea Ripley, who retained her title at at, uh, TakeOver Portland. 
She's now going to face Charlotte Flair at WrestleMania. That's that's what it's supposed to be. Yes. So you already have a main roster versus NXT roster. Why not do it again? Why not do it with AJ Styles versus versus uh, Adam Cole? And not only that, but here's here's some longevity for you. Doesn't that boost the NXT ratings even more by bringing these big name main roster, if you want to call them that, still guys? And girls down to your to NXT and saying, "Hey, I want to challenge the best, and the best are on NXT. You're on USA Network. You're competing with AEW on Wednesday nights. You're trying to get this company continuously over. Isn't that just another method to do that? To say, hey, you know what? Can Adam Cole beat the best wrestler, one of the best wrestlers that ever walked foot through our doors, AJ Styles? I don't think he can, as far as you know, storyline wise." Isn't that like an uphill battle that you'd want to see? That ultimate challenge? Can he actually beat AJ Styles? Title or no title really doesn't matter, but if you could even throw the strap on a line, that's fine. Isn't that a match you would want to see? Isn't that something that's going to carry over on the night after WrestleMania and beyond? Because once the Undertaker and AJ Styles match is over, that's it. You cash in all your chips for a one-night fucking match. That is probably going to go less than ten minutes. Fair to say. You know, I I, I get it. You know, I love the Undertaker too, but he's an old man. He, you know, he he loves the company. He respects the business. I get that. I, you know, I have nothing but the utmost respect for him, and love and admiration for what he's done in his career. But enough's enough. And AJ Styles versus the Undertaker should be on nobody's bucket list. In 2020. Unless you're talking about a fucking video game. <laughs> you and I talked about the uh, the Royal Rumble and uh, how they had last minute audible calls about the winners. And uh, yeah. you, you know you mentioned Charlotte Flair challenging Rhea Ripley for the NXT title. Yes. How do you feel about that? Because um, you, you know you and I were like, "Fuck, here's Charlotte Flair again in the title title hunt, and she's going to get a title shot at WrestleMania." And here, I think you and I, safe to say, both thought it was going to be another uh, main roster shot yeah. at one of those two titles. Uh, but it not, no, it's going to be the NXT Women's title. What do you think? I'm still not a fan of it. I, I'm not a fan of it be, uh, because I, I just don't need to see Charlotte Flair. Uh, it seems like Charlotte Flair is that pesky wrestler now. That likes to rain on everybody else's parade. NXT is doing great things without her. And even though it contradicts what I just said about the Adam Cole AJ Styles situation, I wor- when I worry about Charlotte Flair is is she going to do the job for Ripley and 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 carry it? one if she wins the title, what the hell does that mean for for the NXT brand? And two, like is is she going to do the job to get Ripley over and to help continue that to get that belt over? I, I just don't know. I don't I don't know. I I've, I've watched her over the past couple of years. It seems like her. I'm not saying she's quite Brock Lesnar, but by any means, but she kind of has that certain certain style where she doesn't always sell to everybody the way that she's supposed to. Um, and I just I'm not completely sold on the idea that Charlotte Flair is going to uh, 
do the right thing at WrestleMania. And I just I just didn't need to see this because there's again, there's uh even though it gives the NXT women's title exposure for WrestleMania and it's great and give Ripley her WrestleMania match. There's so much more that they were doing on that on that roster that they it didn't need to happen. Do you think Charlotte Flair does the job for Bea Ripley? I say no. I don't I don't think she does. Okay. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if I wouldn't be surprised either way. But I, since you asked me the question, I, I don't think she does. Hypothetically speaking, again, none of this has been booked. Um, but let's say the title changes hands one more time before WrestleMania, and it ends up being Shayna Baszler versus Charlotte Flair for the NXT title. Mm-hmm. Does Charlotte do the job for Baszler? I still say no. Really? Okay. I still say no. I mean, I know Shayna Baszler is probably going to go after Becky Lynch. I think that's what they're hitting towards. But if they do, they throw an audible again and and go that route. The Charlotte Flair is, is if you look at every big match that Charlotte Flair's had throughout her her career so far, she's gotten over every single time. Do you see, regardless of what happens with? with that match between Flair and Ripley. Um, do you see Charlotte Flair making her way over to NXT much like Finn Balor did? And if so, do you think she... How successful do you think she'll be? Will she change her mind about about her her current... Like, her current persona? You think you'll... you'll uh, Entertain the thought of watching more Charlotte Flair because she's working in NXT. I think I think when we see her Charlotte Flair go to NXT, if it does happen, we're going to see the exact same Charlotte Flair. I think we're still going to see the Queen. We're still going to see the heelish, um, better than everybody shtick that she's going with that she's been going with for the past number of years now. Uh, and I'm I, and I don't want I'm not anti Charlotte Flair. I do enjoy watching her work. She's she's a great wrestler. There's no doubt about that. Uh, I just think that uh, the opportunities that come her way are, are too often and they're too large. And as good as she is, I, I, I don't I don't look at her as an A plus player in that business. Um, she she it's cool that she does you know she does flips and all this shit, but she's very spotty at times and uh, it's tough to watch. It's tough to watch how awkward she can be in that ring. Um, as far as the gimmick goes, I don't see it changing. I, I actually I see it becoming even a larger ego, if you will, going down to the NXT roster. And I and 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 if if she wins the NXT champ the, the NXT Women's Championship, what I see from her is steamrolling through that through that through that roster, but not in the way that Shayna Baszler did. Because my issue with with Charlotte Flair would be is that she very this is why I kind of compared her to Brock Lesnar, where she steamrolls over talent and not giving anything back to that talent. Where Shayna Baszler steamrolled over talent, but she always found the way to win in the end. Yeah, she would get her ass beaten matches. I I really enjoyed Baszler's run. Yeah, um, it was it was much more enjoyable than I thought it, it was going to be. You you found you found ways. 
you found she found ways to to win in in situations that you thought for sure her and her reign had come to an end. Yeah, and that's a good champion. That's a great champion. I don't see that with Charlotte Flair. I haven't seen that with Charlotte Flair. I mean, you go back to the Sasha Banks rivalry. How many times does Sasha Banks have to roll over for for Charlotte Flair? Yeah, it just it was constant, constant, constant. There's a reason why a lot of wrestling fans are kind of just enough's enough. I, again, she's a good worker. I enjoy her stuff, but she doesn't bring as much to the table as as she used to when she when she was definitely a lot hungrier. It, things come way too fucking easy for her now. Um, and I just I I don't I didn't need to see her in yet another title match at WrestleMania. Are you surprised to hear that Triple H confirmed it that uh, this whole uh, Charlotte Flair versus Rhea Ripley was Vince McMahon's complete call? I'm not too super surprised with it, especially if he, if he is the if, if he's going to create the outcome of uh, Charlotte Flair winning the title, anyways. Um, and it actually worries me because then it's how much is he actually now controlling of NXT? And again, when NXT first got in the USA Network, this is what we talked about. It's it's now on TV with corporate sponsorships, which means now it's Vince McMahon's problem, Vince McMahon's baby, if you will. Even though, yes, we've we've, we've read the reports that Triple H still pretty much runs the day to day of NXT. Let's let's be honest with ourselves. When you're dealing with TV and sponsorships, Vince McMahon is the guy that is going to call the shots. And by him saying that, it, it, it doesn't surprise me. It actually more worries me than anything because it's like, oh, shit, how many more main roster people are going to come down there? And, you know, by, by SummerSlam, are we going to see all main roster NXT champions? And I'm not calling Finn Balor a main roster guy because the difference between Finn Balor and Charlotte Flair is that Finn Balor, Finn Balor took on a fresh new take. On him, on himself, when he went back to NXT, it wasn't all oh, the Balor Club is for everybody. Like you know, fuck that. That's done. That's over with. He's a different guy now. I'm not saying you have to completely reinvent yourself, but to keep doing the the same old shit, but just steamrolling over. If Charlotte Flair does steamroll over over competition, all you're doing is making the main roster look like they're facing minor leaguers, and if you can't get the job done on the main roster, just go to the minor leagues and be successful there. I, I have that concern. I've had that concern for quite some time now. And for me, it's only a matter of time before it, it happens because, let's face facts, as Arn Aronson would, would say, this is an audience of one. Okay. And it's, and it's his call, nonetheless. Uh, sticking with WWE here. Uh, so uh, there was reports that something might have happened backstage at Royal Rumble between one Brock Lesnar and one Matt Riddle. I've heard about that. <laughs> um, I've been dying to get your, your take here on an episode about all this. Um, first and foremost, you know, if, if you're not, for those of you not familiar with Matt Riddle, previous UFC fighter. Yes. Um, legitimate MMA talent. Was going to be the next big thing. Yeah. he was. Uh, it was the... His marijuana use. Yeah. Plain and simple. Um, if you've ever seen him wrestle, hopefully you have by now. Um, tremendous talent in the ring. Um, 
but uh, I, I'm dying to know. First of all, if you're booking this, do you let this happen? And two, do you let Matt Riddle win? It, it, well, it comes down to what we talked about last week, though. I mean, how much do they actually have control of Brock Lesnar? I was, yeah, better question. <laughs> do, you think, do you think Brock Lesnar does the job for Matt Riddle? No. Not at all? No. Because it makes him look bad. Okay. It makes him look bad, and uh, he's not going to let this guy get over on him. He He's the kind of guy that... If if Matt Riddle's going to beat this like like look at how Seth Rollins beat him last year at WrestleMania. And I know Seth Rollins not an MMA guy or like anything like that, but it took a lot of shenanigans to beat Brock Lesnar. Every guy that's beaten Brock Lesnar since his return has had to use shenanigan victories. He's not going to just allow a guy to out suplex him. It's just not gonna happen. He won't and he's not gonna sell it. But the difference between uh Seth Rollins and pretty much well everybody else in Matt Riddle concerning Brock Lesnar is Matt Riddle's much more vocal both in and out of the ring mm-hmm. about people like Brock Lesnar. You know, he's been doing this to Goldberg for some time. That and, he has. And, uh, you know, he confronted Goldberg and was like, hey, let's get in the ring. And obviously that has not happened. But, uh, that's the difference between Matt Riddle and everybody else. So, with that being said, I'm going to ask you another question. Does this eventually get to a head to where Matt Riddle makes it, um, you know, almost pigeonholes Brock Lesnar into a match because he can't keep his mouth shut about Brock Lesnar? See, here, here, here's here's my thing. You know, we it actually... Let's go back a year, two years ago now, almost two years ago. We met Matt Riddle. Hold on, let's go back. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, we did. We met Matt Riddle in his uh, final Chicago Evolve show. Yeah. Um, I I, I had met him, you know, and, and, and everything was cool. You had met him, and... He had said something very specific to you about him leaving to go to WWE. Yeah. Uh, something along the lines of... He said he would probably fuck ahead. it up, <laughs> but he's going to go and try to have fun with it. Yeah. yeah he was probably going to be back anyway. Yeah, said, he hey. said, I'll probably be back anyway. Because <laughs> he, he, he knows the type of person that he is, and he knows that he's not willing to change. And, and quite honestly... I applaud him for that. You know, yeah. I'm not going to go on some some kind of spiel here, and I, I'm just a guy. I work regularly nine to five, but I'm I've I've all, everywhere I've gone, including my current nine to five. I have a reputation of if I don't like something, I'm going to speak up. Where a lot of people are just like, you can't do that. You can't <laughs> you can't do that because you're going to get fired and you're going to get this and you're going to get that and all this shit. Fire me. I don't fucking care. I know I'm talented enough to go elsewhere, and I have, and I've been successful with that. Matt Riddle is a type of guy that knows that move for move, hold for hold, he is one of the top tier talents throughout that entire company, bar none. And on top of that, which I guess in WWE is more important, his character is top tier with the fans. They fucking love him. Yeah. They adore oh, yeah. him. 
they always have, whether he was an independent or now in the WWE. So Matt Riddle is going to continue to do what he's doing. It's going to be interesting to see, not necessarily Brock Lesnar for this particular moment, but what Vince McMahon does with it, because Vince McMahon is a Brock Lesnar guy. Brock Lesnar is his biggest asset in his eyes. You can't say anything bad about Brock Lesnar. You can't make Brock Lesnar mad. And if so, I'm going to fire you. I don't know if Vince McMahon has the mentality. And some people are going to disagree because Vince McMahon is a billionaire and he created this and that and all of a sudden he's a great businessman. I don't think he has the intelligence to look at it and say, you know what? Let's let this guy, let's, let's, let's let it happen. Let's let it happen. Matt Riddle, he's going to continue to do what he wants to do. And you, again, kind of like what we talked about last week, knowing that you hold the fucking cards against Brock Lesnar, go to Brock and be like, look, this is what's going to happen. We're going to do it at one of our biggest shows of the year. You know, this isn't a regular pay-per-view match. This is WrestleMania. This is SummerSlam. This is something like that. Any intelligent promoter has two big name guys beefing, put them in the ring. Yeah, I, it's 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 not it's not rock science. It's, to me, you and I are promoters. We got two guys that are beefing with each other, and they're big enough names. How can we how can we get this into the ring so people can see it? Yeah. And my and and you know and then the next question is how do you get it to where Brock Lesnar plays ball? And again, you don't give him the option. Either you play ball because you it's in your fucking contract to do so, okay. or suffer the consequences. I don't know how, how but the thing is, Brock Lesnar is one of those guys that he knows that the WWE is not intelligent enough to actually punish him for not doing the fucking job, and so therefore, it's never going to happen. It's wishful thinking, in my opinion. So I, I was I was uh, I got a talking to from one of the fans the other day online, and uh, what do you do now? Well, how we always pick on Brock Lesnar, and uh, they raised an interesting point. I'm gonna I'm gonna hand it over to you here again, okay? Because uh, I I'm definitely interested what you what your take on this is. Uh, so lesnar has guaranteed uh, so many appearances over uh, the course of his contract mm-hmm. and um, this this fan of the show again thank you for the the feedback and input uh, posed the question fantasy booked like hey what do we think if he was willing to mind you mm-hmm. if Brock Lesnar just essentially became what Undertaker used to be not necessarily a dead man, but uh, that that force that would come back pretty much once a year for one big match at WrestleMania, and that's that. Do you think it's doable? Do you think it gets over? Does he get over uh, much more successfully than he has in the past? Is it even feasible? Well, see, I don't. I don't think he. The the, the problem is, and where we lose. I don't want to say we lose credibility, but where we lose people sometimes is that Brock Lesnar is getting over. And that's that's the problem, is that it's the fan base. 
it's the fan base that that rolls their eyes and says, "Not not this shit again." But then, <laughs> but then when somebody poses something different, they say, "Fuck that! I'm a WWE guy, and I I'm not I'm not gonna turn my back on them, even though they don't give me a reason to stay." It's that fan base, so they're gonna jump for joy when Brock Lesnar comes out because they're told to. They're sheep. They're mindless sheep. And, I, and I, I'm sorry if anyone is offended by that, but you are. You, <laughs> and you're nothing more than, than that. That you, you, don't, you, you want change, but you don't have the fucking balls to speak your mind and say, you know what, I, I'm, I'm not going to stand for this shit anymore. Brock Lesnar is going to continue to be what he is because those fucking idiots are going to continue to cheer him. They're going to continue to buy his stupid t-shirts and, and all that shit. Now, to answer your question... I've said that I think I've, I kind of said that last week where I I just I just don't want to see him in a title match every single year. If he came back and you know let's say somebody's walking around the biggest baddest motherfucker here what, whatever the story angle is, and then Lesnar comes out and says you know or Paul Heyman says no he is. Okay, that could work. You know, it's a big match feel. It's a six-hour fucking show now. You could fit a Brock Lesnar match in there. I don't have a problem with that. I'm just sick and tired of him being the fucking champion every time. Enough of that. Here's my take on it. So, I think AEW beat the WWE to the punch by getting uh, in cahoots with Jeff Cobb. Jeff Cobb came out, uh, if anybody knows by now, he's the hired gun for the inner circle in AEW. Before you go on with that, sure. I, I just got a question for you. Do you think that was supposed to be Brian Cage? Yeah, it was supposed to be Brian Cage. Supposed to be Brian yeah. Cage. Okay. I, I, have, I wholeheartedly agree. Yeah. yeah. He's, I, contr- he's currently hurt right now. But, yeah, because yeah. they, they said that Jeff Cobb wasn't their first choice. Okay. So I, I would assume it was supposed to be Brian Cage. Okay. I think that's a, a safe safe bet. Um, I think... I think the AEW and the Inner Circle pretty much beat this fantasy booking to the punch here. Um, And they did it first. I think my answer would be you have to have a faction. And for my money, to get them a little more over than than they are or they should be, um, Seth Rollins and... and, uh, AOP, whatever they're calling themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, I think if we, if I were to book it, so you'd have Seth Rollins and his guys and clearly go do whatever bullshit they're going to do and then eventually they're going to come across somebody who they're having huge problems with that they seem to have no answer for. That's when you call in Brock Lesnar and you have it build up to WrestleMania. But... Is Brock Lesnar willing to, to do that? I don't know. I, I, I think I'm I'm going to say probably yes because, uh, let's face it, him working lesser dates, is that's what he wants. He just wants their money. He doesn't want to have to fucking work for it. So <laughs> um, I, I think in that regard, I think it gets over, especially to Brock Lesnar. Like, wait a minute, you mean to tell me I get to be what I want to be as a character and I only have to work so many dates a year, but you're going to pay me this much? I don't see why he wouldn't go for that. Um, 
as as much of a, a dicky as he is as much of a dick as he is i think it just lends to the situation for him i think that's what he wants you know um but i don't think he can do it without that setup i don't i think he needs that buffer that faction to be in in the midst of of that story or that situation in order for for it to work for me anyway mm-hmm. um, i don't think you can just have like somebody come out no matter who it is and be like i want the biggest baddest motherfucker here in wwe and then Lesnar show up out of nowhere and it be as successful. I sure. don't think it works that way. Not for me. Well, I think, too, where, where Lesnar fails against in comparison to the Undertaker is that Lesnar's not an entity. And there's nothing special about about him at WrestleMania at the older he gets. Well, see, and that's the thing. Like, That's another thing that it ha- it would have had to have happened a long time ago and be built up that way and and for my money where would it have happened after he beat the undertaker at wrestlemania yeah he beats him the streak is over guess what now you inherit that role yeah i'm the motherfucker they got to be beat uh, or, or like i'm the big shot at wrestlemania that you have to beat that's when they should have did it and they they completely fumble fucked that one. Oh my god yeah, oh, uh, again, we are watching NXT TakeOver Portland, and uh, I forget her name. I'm um, so sorry. The, yeah. Uh, but uh, one of their standouts just interfered in the... Uh, She's a main roster lady. That's that's Fire and Desire. Yeah, but she's a performance center standout. Um, yeah. She interfered in the women's uh, quote-unquote street fight. I don't and, like this. And... Uh, she she just planted Tegan Knox in a very awkward way where on a table, mind you, yeah. and it was like the table did not break, and she she hit her neck in an awkward manner. Um, Tegan Knox, spoiler alert here, she gets up and, and walks away with with no issues that that's, I could see. That's good. That was a but bad bump. It, it was a bad bump. I don't like this booking. This, this is this is like, this is killing Dakota Kai. This whole match. This is going to kill it. So they, they say it's a street fight, and ladies and gentlemen, I don't know about you, but when you when you say someone was in a street fight, it is uh, everything goes, anything goes, ball to the wall, what have you. Um, we don't have the audio on for this, but I encourage Matt and everybody else to go back and listen to this match. And the countless times the referee's like, please get it back in the ring. Um... It's a fucking street fight. <laughs> Let them fight in the quote-unquote street. Let them use weapons, do whatever. They don't have to be in the fucking ring to do that. That's part of the charm of a street fight match. <laughs> oh man, I don't, I don't, I don't like the how how this is killing Dakota Kai. It makes her look really weak as a heel. Yeah, yeah. I'm well, a, again, uh, another missed opportunity for for this. I mean, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be a. Uh... I guess an asshole here and say that I didn't really think Dakota Kai had it in her anyways, but... Well, now they're just proving it. Yeah. So maybe, maybe, maybe Booking also saw it that way, too. I don't know. But uh, she's so... Like, I, I didn't realize... Well, I forget, what is her name? I don't remember <laughs> her name. I'm so but sorry. She looks so fucking big compared to D- Dakota Kai. Dakota Kai, yeah. yeah. Um, going back to the, the Ledger situation, yeah, they, they did drop the ball on that. And... Uh, 
I mean, to 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 the the person that 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 put it out there again. Thanks for 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 chiming in and um and listening to the show. It, it's it's a good idea. It is, but um, I don't I don't see that happening. Unfortunately, um, Vince sees too much money in uh, in Lesnar to only only use him for for WrestleMania only. Um, and, and, and again, I think a lot of it too, you gotta remember Lesnar is getting older. He's getting fatter as we speak. (laughs) (laughs) He's a, he's a, he's a fat, sweaty mess. And I'm not trying to fat shame anybody, but I'm sorry, but it's, it'd be like having Otis and be like, Oh, you're a beast. I was like, you're not intimidating. You're just a fat guy. Well, you're. Uh, what, what it comes down to is, and not to open up another can of worms, but what it comes down to is, in the past, you've had uh, talent like Big Show, Mark Henry, and and uh, a slew of others. Yeah, be you told, keep naming them. Be told, like, hey, you need to lose some weight. You need to get back into shape. And, again, why isn't Brock Lesnar told to do this? Like, you're under contract. You need to be in better shape for those dates that you have to be with us. I mean, it, is it, is it, shouldn't that be something that is just is self-explanatory for them to be that way? I mean, we're paying you boatloads of money. We're giving you money by the literally the fucking boatload. I'm probably not literally, but by the boatloads. And all you're fucking doing is giving us half-ass appearances, half-ass matches. But again, here's the kicker of all that. I don't blame Brock. I don't blame Vince. You know who I blame? Every fucking idiot that cheers this fucking guy and buys his merchandise because you are giving Vince and Brock all the ammunition in the world to say, hey, what we're doing is working. You are every reason why this continues to happen every single year because you continue to just say, you know what, hey, this is good. This is what they're giving us. They're, They're... Vince McMahon and Brock are just laughing behind the scenes. Like, look at these fucking idiots. We're just, we're 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 feeding we're, we're feeding them fucking. <laughs> we're, we're feeding them fucking like you know, processed meat and calling it fucking filet mignon. Yeah. Whatever. I mean, keep keep fucking getting fed bullshit and cheering for it. I mean, as long as you keep doing that, that they're gonna keep bringing it out. Speaking of feeding bullshit to people, um, MLW has reported that they hope they don't have to go to court because they have enough proof, enough points of evidence, an abundance of evidence, Okay. that the WWE has been contract tampering. And uh, they are they're stating specifically that this, this has nothing to do with the Davey Boy Smith Jr. appearing on WWE's The Bump um, the past week. But it does have to do with multiple talents. And I can name two right off the bat. And that would be Killer Cross. And... Why am I having a brain fart? Thatcher? Oh, yes. Timothy Thatcher. Thank you. Let's be honest. Are, are we really surprised that uh, there's a, there's this allegation going on? I mean, I, I don't know what it is on, in the landscape of professional wrestling, but 
I swear, MLW has the worst fucking luck. They didn't have, it's happened with, them last with, year. With talent poaching. Yeah. Oh, my God. I mean, they lost Roosh last year out of nowhere. It's fucking crazy, man. Thanks to Ring of Honor. I mean, yeah. It's, it's uh, well, you know what I think a lot of it is? Is, uh, and I'm going to sound like a mark here. Right, whatever, <laughs> but like, MLW is fucking killing it, man. They are. They Absolutely. And, and, and you know what? Like, the thing about MLW is that... The, the, the killer crossing doesn't really hurt them because he was never really part of them, anyways. No, but he did. He did agree to. He did. Yeah, yeah, he did. Agree. Whether it was verbal or not, I mean, he did agree to work for MLW. And losing Thatcher, you know, that's that 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 does definitely hurt. But they they always seem to find a way. They have plenty of of relationships with so many different companies, as well as in the you know in smaller independent stuff, as well as exclusive contracts within their, their, uh, that they have with some of the talent. That they don't, I mean, I'm not saying they don't need it, but they, they seem to find a way. As far as this this particular incident is occurred, I don't expect WWE to be uh, to be. I, well, I expect this to be settled. Uh, I, I think uh, this is probably going to end up in a nice paycheck for MLW outside of court. But uh, but yeah, they just they they continue. This, this kind of continues to happen to them. It's un, it's unfortunate, but uh, they 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 continue to find a way. There, I, I I so much credit to the booking staff. They do such an amazing job, and uh, keep on grinding, guys. Unfortunately, because this happened again. Um, there's a lot of talk, uh, continued talk. I'll say it that way. Continued talk uh, about AEW and New Japan working together, mainly because of John Moxley. Yeah. Uh, Bad Luck Fale has recently come out and stated, look, all the problems with these doors being closed between the two groups are not with the wrestlers. It's all in the front offices. Again, we're going to go with the whole pigeonhole thing here. Do you think, uh, whether it be John Moxley or a slew of other wrestlers, what do you think it's going to take for AEW and New Japan to do much more business together? I think it's just a matter of time for they get their heads out of their asses because it's, to me this is a, a no-brainer. Do you, do uh, do you how? <laughs> here's a better question: How many low attendant attended uh, New Japan America shows are going to have to happen <laughs> before uh, they start doing business with AEW? You see, the problem with New Japan is that they were they were doing such a great job with promoting their products overseas for a couple of years and then it kind of it stopped a little bit we talked about in the last show the the u.s shows the new beginning tour that took place at the end of january and early february they weren't even posted when it happened <laughs> they were, it's just you so you, here you are in the united states we're going to do united states shows and unless you're there live at the, at the arena that they're happening in, you're not watching them because you can't. Yeah. You have you have no source of doing it. So that credits a lot to their low attendance. I, I know they have a lot of talent, and I, and I get it. Like, people love the elite and all that shit. New Japan could be fine without all that if they were just smarter with how they produce their their content to the Western culture and just by showing it. Giving giving us more to actually watch, you know, when when a show happens, fucking put it on your streaming service as it happens. As far as beyond that goes, low attendance or not, even even if they were, 
selling out the the you know the 800 person venues that they're doing those small venues can turn into bigger venues if they open the doors and bring in full time other talent swapping and you know what it's not just new japan it's it's AEW as well yes AEW is is doing well right now but again longevity 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 how do you how, you know it's not a it's not, it's not a sprint it's a marathon how do you continue success this is a great way of doing it. You know, you, you, are you kidding me? To, to bring in Naito two belts and put them on on your show, for example. I mean, that, that's not. I'm not saying you have to book it that way, but you know, to do something like that, to, to have you know that kind of of of, of matches, to finally have Bullet Club versus the Elite actually finally happen. You know, Jay White legit beef with you know. Or not Jay White, but the Bullet Club with a legit beef with, with those elite guys that just abruptly left. You know, you could finally settle it. The match that really everybody wanted to see that never happened. It, it, you're foolish. You're foolish if you're thinking that it's, you know, even even if you are selling out your venues, you're foolish to think that you can't do any better than that. Longevity is a, is a huge thing, and this is their best way of doing it, is by sharing talent. And working within uh, with with, uh, with other companies, especially an international company, because AEW, yes, they they're, they're big right now in the United States, but how do they get bigger elsewhere? Yeah, yeah. How do you get big in Japan? How do you, you know, to bring Kenny Omega back, for example, with an AEW? But I mean, he's a champion right now, isn't he? So, I mean, to bring him there, you know, and then. To do a match uh, in New Japan again, but now wearing the AEW colors, it's it's gonna it's gonna get people over there to be like let's let's watch more of that let's let's be more akin to what AEW is the same way that WWE highlights their shows at international markets. That's why they're so big all around the world. They're really good at producing their shit. AEW needs to get better at that. New Japan certainly needs to get better at that. So that's. To me, it's like it's not really a lack of, of, of low attendance. Yes, I know New Japan is having str- struggling with American shows right now, but even if they were doing well, my answer stays the same. It, it, it's a no-brainer. I mean, get your head out of your asses. <laughs> you don't have to like your business partner, but you have to. If you see the money in it, then fucking let's do it. Let's make them. Let's make some money. Absolutely. Um, speaking of venues and such. Uh it is, it's being reported by um, Fightful Select. There's a subscription required, but we're going to let you uh, in, in on the details here. Um, All Elite Wrestling is pretty much being uh, refused access to the Heritage Bank Center, which was formerly U.S. Bank Arena, yes. out there in Cincinnati, Ohio, because the... Venue does not want to lose or damage their relationship with the WWE. Um, apparently, John Moxley has been pushing AEW to run shows from the arena. Um, yeah, he's from Cincinnati. Because he's from Cincinnati, sure. absolutely. Yeah. Uh, but uh, so far, no go, man. Uh, usually, we hear when we hear about stuff like this, it's the other way around, where WWE is like, "Ha, you can't run our arena." Well, now this time, the arena's like, "Hey, we don't want to make any waves." So. Um, going forth, speaking of growing pains, bro, like, is this going to be a huge issue for places like AEW and, more importantly, New, J- New Japan America? 
I, I think so. But um, also, too, you look at like some of the, with all due respect, Cincinnati out there. Uh, it's a nice city, by the way. If you look at, like, let's say Chicago. I know people are going to roll their eyes, like all these Chicago boys again. <laughs> but you look at Chicago, like, yeah, I, 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 I can see the Allstate being that way. WWE runs out of the Allstate. Yeah, that's for sure. But there are plenty of other venues, like the Sears Center Arena, like Wintrust Arena. I, if you really wanted to do it, the United Center, I, I, geez, I would hope not. Um, but it is a big venue, of course. There's plenty of options out there, so I, I see. Do I see it being an issue? Yeah, I, I, this is not going to be. This is going to be the first of potentially many that are going to say, you know what, WWE runs out of us. We we just we don't want to lose that WWE contract or, or have them say, you know, what, we're going to run somewhere else. You know, I you know I'd be interested to see if they if once they go to New York City, you know, do they test the bars with the Garden again? Or do not that AEW did that, but you know it's been tested before. Do you do you do Barclays out of Brooklyn, or do you do something completely different? But again, New York City is another big city that has plenty of venues to work out of. I don't see it to be to the point to where they're going to stay away of certain cities because there's nowhere to go. Cincinnati, I think that is one of their bigger indoor multi-purpose venues. But you know, if you got to go somewhere else, you got to go somewhere else. Uh, I, I don't see it being too big of a issue, especially in the bigger markets. You know, Chicago, New York, Florida. Fl- Florida, they pretty much run certain parts of Florida now. And then, you know, California, places like that, Texas. There's going to be just plenty of venues out there that are willing to either, like, to, to use. I mean, plenty of options. And there's also going to be those venues that are going to be like, you know what, we're going to run both co- uh, any company. As long as uh, that check clears, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you, you can come here all you want, you know. Hey, hey, money talks, right? Money's money. I mean, it's, it's the same color no matter who's got it. So, exactly. Um, on that note, we're gonna we're gonna run ourselves, run ourselves, and go pay some bills, and uh, and we'll come back with uh, part two of this episode. So, hang in there, guys, and stay tuned. This episode of the 20 by 20 crew is sponsored by Amazon Prime. Sign up for a free 30 day trial and you get instant access to thousands of movies and television episodes. You get to borrow Kindle ebooks. You also get unlimited free two day shipping with no minimum order size. You don't have to purchase, you can cancel anytime and still show the 20 by 20 crew some love. You can sign up for Amazon Prime through the 20 by 20 crew by visiting our website at 20x20crew.com slash podcast slash Amazon. Thank you for listening. Thank you for all the support. And now let's get back to the show. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. We are here for the second half of episode 95 of your 20 by 20 ring crew. Thank you again for helping us uh, visit those sponsors and uh, just uh, listening to the show. Thank you as always. And um, Thank you. Coming back from the break, it's been it's been a, a decent amount of time. Uh, hopefully, you've uh, you've been you've all been able to watch uh, whatever wrestling you can here and there. Uh, you know, sometimes it can be a little bit difficult, but uh, we're here for the coolest shit of the week, man. By the way, our coolest shit of the week this week is brought to you by Junction Collectibles. That's right. Take the time. If you're a collector like Matt and myself, you're you're collecting something, video games, 
pop vinyls, what have you. Uh, you can do all that with us over at JunctionCollectibles.site. That's the only place I buy my pops from nowadays. So, I mean, if you're looking to collect and, and get it and buy from a, a at a fair price, there's not a better place to go. Boys over at Junction Collectibles, they do uh, consignments, uh, special orders. That's that's what they thrive on, special Just orders. taking in pre-orders now? Yep, taking pre-orders now. Can't beat it. Definitely stop on by and see what they have over at JunctionCollectibles.site. That's .site. And uh, you sign up now. Use the promo code 20X20CREW. Get yourself... 25% off your first order with them. So, uh, once again, use the promo code 20X20CREW for 25% off your first order over at www.junctioncollectibles.site. And uh, I'm going to have you start because uh, I'm, I'm, I'm always much more interested in what, what your cool what? shit was than my cool shit. Uh, oh, is that cool? I don't know, man. I really like your cool suit. <laughs> well, mine's actually uh, pretty standard, actually. It's a pretty popular one, but it was such a great match. Uh, usually when this company uh, releases stuff, at least here in the United States, they do have a streaming service, uh, it's usually like a week or two delayed, which isn't a big deal. They don't really put on shows every week anyways. Uh, but we do have, in what was my coolest shit of the week, is the match... And the outcome of the new RevPro British Heavyweight Champion. I take yours. No, no, that's <laughs> fine. That's fine. <laughs> I, I, I did it on purpose because I, I know, I know you and I were both clamoring to watch. I watched the entire show, but mm. more importantly, that match. Yes. Um, hell, hell of a match. Absolutely. And, um. Will Ospreay is the new Rev Pro British Heavyweight Champion. And it's kind of, uh, which by the way, that is, I mean, I can't really go and do the match justice. You're just going to have to watch it for yourself. But it is indeed the coolest shit I've seen this week. It was uh, definitely a, uh, a match that um, was intriguing. It's always intriguing because it's such a clash of styles. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Scientific versus fast pace. You know, and, and, and who wins in that? Um, excellent, excellent fucking match. New champion, and on top of that, if, real quick here, it was also announced earlier this week. Will Osprey officially a heavyweight? Heavyweight, yeah. No longer junior heavyweight. Uh, after after uh, another great run as junior heavyweight champion, uh, he is uh, he's now moved up uh, in the in the weight class and now heavyweight. Uh, match of the year contender? Definitely up there. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. yeah I agree. I, I, I would I would say uh, by by the time we reach our end of twenty twenty episode, we're gonna be talking about this match in detail. Uh yeah. Clash of styles for sure. I I was um, I'm always interested in those matches, especially these days because we see a lot of regurgitated stuff, but uh, man, what a hell of a fucking match. And yeah, there really is no way to, to do that match justice, you really do have to just sit and watch it. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, uh, that can be done on Fight TV, correct? Uh, 
Yes, we can. Yeah, 20x20crew.com slash podcast slash fight. That's F-I-T-E. Go get yourself a subscription on us. That's right. If you sign up with a new email address, we're going to give you 15 bucks worth of credit to go towards watching instant classic matches like Zack Sabre Jr. and Will Ospreay, Rev Pro Wrestling. Um, no, you didn't take mine. Uh, I just I knew I knew we were gonna stumble upon it at some point. I I didn't know if it was gonna be your coolest shit or not. Okay. Uh, actually, my coolest shit is uh, a little less wrestling related, but uh, wrestling related by osmosis. Okay. Uh, you know me. I'm a big NWA guy, and they launched season three, and they changed their theme music. Uh, previously it was Dawkins Into the Fire Which I, I love But uh, even better now You have the legendary Pantera With their 1993 classic I'm Broken Is the brand new NWA Power theme music Shouts out to both NWA and Pantera Thank you for making that fucking happen Um fucking love that show i fucking I, I love watching it week after week and uh it's it's only getting better and better man yeah. I, i'm uh i'm a huge huge fucking fan and that is one thing i will drop what i'm doing to <laughs> stop and watch um because i do i have to soak it up like a sponge uh, everything else can go fuck itself for the time being i i have to get in my nwa uh so much so that uh like I've um, the kid and I have missed a couple episodes of AEW. Uh, she seems unfazed by it uh, for now. Uh, mm-hmm. She still she 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 was pretty torn up over Cody getting last. She okay. didn't she didn't take that very well at all. So uh, <laughs> and then I you know I I showed her the the after photos and that didn't do her any any good either. So but uh, yeah. Well, let's let's go back real quick. Just we don't make a big topic of this, but that uh, that episode of, of Dynamite where Cody gets lashed. A lot of people, and and I'm gonna put you in the in the put your Booker hat on now. Okay. A lot of people say they had a problem with that ending the show. Really? Did uh, from my from, from the way you responded? <laughs> I take it you don't agree. <laughs> Uh, was there? Did, did you come across any like specific reasoning as to why, or they just they thought it was just a horrible? Just, just was it too abrupt? Well, or? a lot of it. A lot of it was a comparison to to NXT, which I think a lot of people keep doing right now. Oh yeah, uh, that's... Um, and NXT ended. I forget which match it ended with for that particular week. And then at AEW side, you get a guy getting lashed. You know, just getting lashed. And that's yeah. it. And you know when you say it like that, you can say, yeah, "Okay, I, I see what you mean." Is it fair to do that comparison for one? Because I'm not so sure if it is, because you really should be focusing on your own show for one. If you're a booker, um, but to have to have that go head to head against the main event, is that still good booking? Do you think, or or should that have been somewhere else in the in the in the? No, no, no. I, I I think it's good booking and. And what I'll say is, uh, yeah, a lot of people are sitting there and, you know, whether it be comparison of the ratings or of the matches or what have you, they're doing it, uh, whether whether it's frowned upon or not. And sure, yeah. It's going to happen. It's going to continue to happen. And, uh, you know, the, 
this this is this generation's Monday Night Wars. You know, it's it's Wednesday night now, mm-hmm. and you know both both whether they like it whether they like to admit it or not, both AEW and NXT are playing into it at some point. And uh, let's be honest, it, they'd be foolish not to sit and uh, pretty much strategize. What they're going to show on TV, when they're going to show it on TV, all that stuff. So, um, I will say this: I think it was spot-on booking by AEW to end the show that way, because ultimately, and I'm going to use Triple H's words against him, because uh, during his his little tidbits about uh, Vince booking Charlotte Flair versus Rhea Ripley. He used the phrase, or he he basically said, uh, at the end of the day, it's all about that ultimate storytelling. You want to you want to get, you know, very effective storytelling over. And if Vince saw that that worked for Charlotte Flair and Rhea Ripley, then yeah, and and I I liked I liked that that they did that that she just didn't that Charlotte Flair just didn't. Be like, hey, I'm gonna go challenge uh, Becky Lynch again. We've seen that. Well, you know, we're yeah. tired of it. Let's go on to something else. Um, so yeah, it was it was kind of refreshing for her to go and challenge Rhea Ripley. Given given all that, um, AEW tells different stories, different kinds of stories than the WWE does in any capacity. And that's part of them being the alternative. That's what they want to be. And uh, let me tell you, the amount of story in that last segment with him getting beat, uh, it was not only effective, it was super effective. You're, happen- you're having all these uh, things happen and progress in this story. You're, you're getting over MJF as a heel. You're continuing that. You're you're getting uh, Cody over uh, much more as a babyface because of that. You're progressing those two characters, uh, but also and and maybe to a lesser extent, um, Brandy Rhodes had come out because people were apparently giving her shit for coming out and being there for her husband, but as Brandy Rhodes, not as part of the Nightmare Collective, mm-hmm. and she pretty much. Uh, divulged that that was done on purpose because they are doing away with that storyline. You will no longer see any more of the Nightmare Collective, at least in the capacity that it was, because uh, in her words, in Brandy Rhodes' words, uh, you when you get into a storyline, you want to you should be able to do it and want to do it and be happy with what you're putting out there. And she no longer felt happy about what was being put out there. She felt it lost focus. So what better way to just kind of sneak in the babyface Brandy Rhodes again by being there in tears over her husband? I thought that was brilliant. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you're killing three birds with one stone. Absolutely, any day of the week. Take take my money. That's great booking. Um, and, and let's be honest, uh, anybody out there that anybody out there that expects any less from from them 
and they're booking minds over there in AEW, you're just you're wrong. Like they have all that talent to book. I mean, you've got second, third generation wrestlers in there booking, and they know what they want to book. That's most important. It, you could tell any kind of story you want, but you have to know how to tell that story. Because if you don't, it's going to translate over as such. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I have zero problem with that being the last segment. And and if NXT or anybody else think that's unfair, pff, screw you. <laughs> <laughs> so another another thing that that that, is, that transpired here, um, not really wrestling related, but it is wrestling owned. Have you watched any of the XFL? I did not. Uh, I had a bunch of people ask me um, immediately because, you know, they, they know I'm into wrestling and such and can't help, you know, you get all those uh, those walk-on fans and, and shit like that. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, did you watch it? Like, no, I didn't. I didn't, uh, I didn't give it the time of day. And uh, <laughs> I heard a whole bunch of shit. Uh, did you? Did you watch? I watched, I watched a, a half during week one. Okay. Uh, no, I, I didn't watch any. Uh, what did you think? From what I saw, I mean, it's it's nothing special. It's uh, I mean, it's there's more talent than than I than I, I, I thought we were gonna see. I mean, okay, it's 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 it was fun. I I, I enjoyed what I watched. What I liked about it is that it was just football, right? Like it's it wasn't storylines and. Things of that nature. I mean, it was just a football game. Nothing special about it, besides a, a plain ass football game. Um, I feel like at some point we're gonna we're gonna be saying that about baseball. Yeah, uh, plain, know, go, yeah. Going back to what we were talking off about off the air. But, yeah, uh, I could go on, on that, and on. That's about a that. whole other podcast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I, I I mean I was joking. I, I was watching it. And uh, you know, I was joking it, joking about it with, uh, with the girlfriend. Can't even think of who I was with. Who was I with? <laughs> and uh, you know, we're like, you know, we're watching. There was a game between the the Tampa Bay Vipers and I forget who the hell they were facing. <laughs> and you know, we just started like, like you know, even though you know Vince owns it, it looks like he's just kind of letting somebody else run it for now. For now, for keyword. now, yeah. Um, but like, wouldn't it have been cooler with the with the with those names had they have like actually used wrestling themed names? Like as far as wrestling goes, like leave it at that. Like have it still be football, like just plain ass football. But like I, I don't know. To me, like it would have been cooler to see like more wrestling themed stuff when it came to that. I, and I, I, some people might agree disagree with that. That's that's fine. I mean that's that's just one guy's opinion. But like, you I, have as far exa- as do you have an example? Uh... No, not on the top of my head. I mean, like, like you know, so you have the Tampa Bay Vipers. I mean, to me, like, Vipers aren't really prone to be in Tampa Bay anyways. I was going to say. <laughs> like, you have a St. Louis team. I mean, St. Louis Vipers would have been a little bit better because Randy Orton, who is the Vipers. Okay, from, okay. I mean, you didn't have to be, like, blunt with it. They call it, like, the Macho Man Randy Savages or something like that. <laughs> well, like, something subtle like that. Like, you know, like the... Like Houston could have been instead of the Roughnecks, it could have been the Rattlesnakes. Yeah, yeah, you know, okay. something something subtle like that. They're still very much like whatever their logo is, but like based off of like something WWE. I don't know. Okay, 
it's, I, it's, could, it, I could get behind that. It's not a big deal to me. I mean, their their names are fine, I guess. I mean, uh, Roughnecks and 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 it's kind of and Wildcats. I mean, it's kind of plain, but you know, whatever. It's they're just fucking team names. No big deal. Um, <laughs> overall, like from what I saw, it's it's promising, but. Uh, you know, I mean, the man, Vince McMahon here, is, is forking over so much money for this. And I, I read somewhere that by the third year, he's slated to lose roughly $375 million. Oh, shit. And he knows that. Yeah, oh, well, I mean, that's never kept him from an investment. I sure, mean, sure. Um, if, I, I, I could tell you right now, if anybody's going to pull it off, it's going to be him. You okay. Know, yeah. obviously, obviously, you know, he's had this fail on them before. Right. But uh, let's be honest. Let's call it what it is. And it was a completely different landscape at the time. You know, now you do have a viable option for an alternative to the National Football League. And, and you know, the... Um, I forget w- what what other football league uh, just went defunct recently. Oh, the AAF. AAF. Yeah. Um, you, you know, you do, you do have those... More than likely, it's going to happen where you have something that is not as big as the NFL just tank. But let's be honest; these days, that's the culture we live in. There's tons of options for everything, and if anybody's going to make it work, I I hate to say this, but he he's got it in him. I, I I'm glad you say that because that brings up my my next point. Isn't it ironic that the WWE might be successful in being the alternative <laughs> yeah. to a bigger company. And a lot of those fans are like, oh yeah, they, alternative is a good thing. Alternative is a good thing. Then why is it so fucking bad when a wrestling company tries to be the alternative? Yeah. And, yeah. And I, and I, it's, that's what I mean. Sheep. You're fucking yeah. sheep. <laughs> you are what you are and accept it. Um, it yeah, it's a uh, like I said, it's it's cool. It's it's a cool thing to watch. I mean, it, it it's it's not in direct competition with the NFL, which obviously is going to help its help it be successful. Um, the only thing I have to say that I, I don't like, and actually uh, Jim Zorn, um, who is the head coach of the Seattle Dragons, is actually I thought, I thought you were going to say he's the son of Zorn. <laughs> I, I do miss that show. Uh, Jim Zorn, who spent some time. Um, in the NFL, quite a number of years in the NFL. I think he was the head coach of, most recently of the, of the Redskins, at least as far as his head coaching is concerned. Uh, he actually, one of the things that they do, for those who haven't watched yet, uh, we're, as of this recording, we're two weeks done out of ten, uh, plus playoffs. One thing that they do is that they, they, they're trying to give this behind-the-scenes look of an NFL game. Okay. And one thing that they do, and I don't like this, is that they mic up the coaches, and they they they, they tell you like they, they show the like the coaches verbally telling their quarterback or whoever the plays. Yeah, and th- like don't they see how this is a bad thing? Because not only are we the fans watching, but your competition is watching. I always thought that was a bad idea, no matter what sport. <laughs> like and and well, going back to. Um... WWE wrestling, you have, uh, with the exception of NXT, there was a point where, you know, Raw and SmackDown were so overproduced that 
you had them focusing like too close to the ring and you could hear the wrestlers, the, the sports entertainers call the match in the ring. Yeah. And that takes a lot away from most fans. Like you 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 don't need that. We don't need to hear that. You That's need, for them. That's you don't need for their constantly reason. be reminded yeah. that it's 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 not real. You know, like that took so much away from from me uh, watching AJ Styles versus John Cena years ago, because you could hear John Cena keep calling out his spots, and you're like, "Oh, this sucks," <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, nobody wants to hear that shit. So uh, yeah, I mean, I understand kayfabe is dead. Like, don't get me wrong, but at the same time, we don't need to hear all that. And so yeah, I could see, I could see where that would be a turnoff for you, and and for most people. Well, not only that, but I mean, as, as a coach, you have to constantly change your plays. Well, especially, yeah, especially with all the, the the controversy going on with the MLB and you know with the Patriots a couple seasons ago and, yeah. and all that stuff. So it's it's to me it's it's just it's just a bad idea. I, there's there's other things they could do. I mean, I know the NFL has mic'd up moments too, but you got to pick and choose your spots. Pick and choose your spots. Yeah. And, and, <laughs> And other thing I found weird, you know, like they immediately go to the sidelines and they do interviews of the players, like right after they get done doing a play, which is, I guess, is okay. But there was a particular kicker that missed a field goal. Oh man! And the first thing they did was like, "Hey, what happened? What, <laughs> what do you mean what happened? I missed a fucking kick!" Like, <laughs> Oh my you know, God. so it's like I don't know. That's that's a little weird for me. Um, I know, I know. Even like even JJ uh, Watt went online and was like that. That was kind of uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> but overall, I mean, I, I know we we're picking apart a little part, a little bit here. But overall, it's it, you know, it is what it is. It's cool. You know, I I don't I don't know how successful it's going to be, but I don't have any problem with another entity. Uh, take place, you know, so I, I hope for their success as long as they continue to be plain-ass football. Just give me football. Yeah. Don't give me any bullshit. I don't want... I don't care if the players are fucking the cheerleaders. I don't care about any of that shit. Like, just give me plain-ass football. That's it. <laughs> I don't want anything else. I, I, if, if you give me that, I, I do hope for the success of the XFL. Because, um, you know, it's like... I was explaining it to the girlfriend, you know, it's like... Hey, you know you. What what's why I think this is a good idea actually is. We need other tiers. We do, especially in NFL. You know the. The MLB baseball has like the best system of where you know hey you're not playing in the MLB but you're playing in a minor league. You, you're still playing professional baseball, yeah, and you have an opportunity to move up. Uh, I think you need that. I think I think you you need that. I think it's going to help not only professional football, but I think it's going to help even college football even more. To where it's like, okay, you didn't make the NFL, you weren't drafted into the NFL because what is it? Only a hundred. I mean, it sounds like a lot, but only one hundred ninety-one get drafted. I think it is. Yeah, and even even then, maybe. Maybe like sixty percent of those guys actually make the team, if not less. Yeah, yeah. You know, so I mean, it's and then then what? Then what do you do? You know, it's, oh, you just you still have an opportunity to play 
professional football. I, I think I, I, and I mean that's why I always hoped for the success of arena football, even though that's kind of taken a slide in, in recent years. But I think it's great. I think it's I think it's a good idea. And, and and yes, I am for yet again the alternative. I think it's a good idea. Just like in professional wrestling, you need something other than WWE to exist. The difference is obviously is that those other companies at some point could actually become bigger yeah. than the WWE. Yes, that is a possibility. I'm not saying it's going to happen anytime soon or at all, but, you know, it is what it is. Uh, we see here uh, Kathy Kelly was uh, was being, um, was announced that she, she's leaving WWE. Yep. And I made the comment, uh, and I got tr- I got in trouble for this. Oh no! <laughs> was that was she taking was she taking or leaving her lips? Oh shit! <laughs> <laughs> nah, she's taking them. WWE paid for those lips. <laughs> they they did. They but, did. But uh, but yeah, she she's leaving. I mean, I I don't really give a shit. I don't care where she goes. Hats off to her, I guess. Yeah, but. I don't know what she's doing. I don't I don't I don't think it's wrestling related. I I think it's correspondence. Related somewhere, but maybe she's gonna work for the XFL. There could be, could very well be. Yeah. Um, it wouldn't be the first time he's tried to trade talent within his own company. <laughs> <laughs> All but when it makes sense, you know. Yeah. As we see the undisputed era come out to the ring again, we're still watching NXT Takeover Portland. Uh, this is the match for the tag team championships between. The Undisputed Era and the Bruiser Bros, right? Broserweights. Broserweights, I'm yeah. sorry. I can never keep up with Matt Riddle and all his shenanigans. <laughs> uh, what was it? How much fish could Bobby Fish fry if Bobby Fish could fry fish? There you go. I'll never say that three times fast. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, you watch. They come on. The, you'll see on the, the side... The side uh, Video screens, yeah, you'll see his his little like animated thing, but um, that's a good tag team, man. It, it, it is, it, it's one team. of those like happy, happy uh accidents, I guess. Not that it was necessarily an accident, but um, they even have t shirts, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I might have to pick that up, yeah, that's uh, that's pretty crazy. Such a huge trophy too that they got going on there. Yeah, the Dusty Rhodes trophy. I wish they would have just kept with the the original boot. Do you remember the yeah. gi- the gigantic ass boot that he used yeah. to have? <laughs> <laughs> I always loved. Uh, I always wanted the Matt Riddle altered bro. Oh yeah, the altered bro. That was. Yeah. Uh, such a such a cool thing. For those who don't know what we're talking about, it's it says Altered Bro. It was when he was still doing his own merchandise. But uh, it was in the fonts of Altered Beast, which is one of the greatest classic Sega Genesis games you could ever play. Who every opportunity, my nephew sits down with me and we have to beat it at least once. It's a hard game. Yeah. But we do. Can, yeah. yeah. Could be a hard game. I just, I'm, I'm, I'm anticipating this. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're now seeing uh, you can actually follow along with the fish, the bouncing fish, and and <laughs> sing, sing the Bobby Fish song. Um, it's pretty ingenious. 
<laughs> he does it like three times before they stop him. Again, watch. You'll you'll see on the like the side. The <laughs> <laughs> the fucking talking fish. That's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> Um, um, getting back to uh, non shenanigans. Uh, so Ring of Honor. Uh, you know, earlier you mentioned MLW and all the right things they're doing, and it sounds like they're in the midst of how Ring of Honor used to be. And I, like, I love all that, and I'm I'm hoping Ring of Honor comes back to that at some point. Um, they've been making a lot of moves in the right direction, whether it be. Uh, lending talent to the likes of the NWA or um, New Japan or um, just revamping their product and they've done so they're they're now changing the Women of Honor title over to the Ring of Honor Women's World Championship to to give it a little more legitimacy and um, to kind of drive home the point, um, they are going to begin a tournament, the Quest for the Gold, April 24th at the legendary 2300 Arena in Philadelphia, the old ECW arena. I believe the same night they're bringing back the Pure Championship, right? Uh, I think so, yeah. Uh, there's going to be eight first-round matches. We'll go down at that show. Uh, no one's been announced yet for sure, but um, definitely a step in the right direction. And um, golden opportunity to have multiple companies represented in this tournament. Yeah, I'm. I'm. Hopefully, they keep making sense of all this booking and 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 you know go in the right direction. And yeah, dude, this is legitimately and fi- both figuratively and non figuratively a golden opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, they'd be foolish to, to to not do it. Plus, I mean, you really think about it. 2019 was like a major step backwards in the women's division anyways. There's not a whole lot to look at as far as the women's division goes uh, in Ring of Honor. They that's a that's a that's a division that needs a lot of revamping for sure. Um so I, I think for the time being they're probably going to need to rely on third-party talent if you will or yeah, third-party talent. Uh, yeah, in, until they can get some people out of development. Yeah, yeah for sure. Um Something came out a couple days ago, and uh, I definitely want your take on this. Um, and it involves Tessa Blanchard and her reign as the Impact World Champion. Speaking of uh, heavyweight titles or, or world titles, mm-hmm. we'll say world titles. Sure. Um, you know, we are in the midst of again this this second golden age of wrestling this this wrestling renaissance and uh with that comes all kinds of alternatives one being of course intergender matches mm-hmm. aew has already stated they're not going to be doing any of that which is fine but uh impact has embraced it and so much so that obviously for those who have been hiding under a rock um Tessa Blanchard is their current world champion, beating Sammy Callahan. And uh, Jordan Grace had been interviewed, uh, and this is what I'm going to ask you about. She came out and said she doesn't think it's uh, 
it's going to take anything away, Tessa Blanchard's title win. It's not going to take anything away from the Impact Knockouts division, which is their women's division. Mm-hmm. Um, or the potential of merging the Impact World title and the Knockout titles together. Uh, that's a whole nother situation in and of itself. And that's what I wanted to ask you about. Because... That's something I didn't see. I, I didn't have the foresight there. I was too too enamored with the fact that she even won the world title. But now going forward, um, now that uh, Jordan Grace has, has brought this up, um, it's it's really interesting to me. What what do you have to say about all this? Uh, you know, obviously it's it's one one big event where you have a woman take over a major world championship that was 99% of the time well 99.9% of the time now held by men Sure. Um, but now you're talking about possibly uh, unifying an all women's title into that belt at some point down the line I'm going to put the booker hat on you right now how would you book that? do you even book that? so you're talking... Unifying the belts as in two belts become one? Two belts become one. So you would just have, like, the Impact World Champion. But, essentially, what you're saying is if they do combine the titles, meaning now it is completely an intergender title. Intergender title? You, if I'm booking for Impact Wrestling, this is something that we've already pulled the trigger on. With, with Tessa Blanchard. Um, my, 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 my answer is this. I mean, we're, you know, if I'm sitting at this table and we're booking, we're, we're trying to figure out, okay, longevity, longevity, longevity. Where do we go from here? Where do, where do we, where do we go and how do we top what we already did? Because that's, that's already, that's always the next question. To me, I love that idea. And, your impact wrestling, you've you've embraced it as 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 a as a way of life, as a culture. You don't want to ever take away from the idea that it was a fluke. And by doing that, I think you you take your two your two top champions in your heavyweight and your women's champion. And yeah, I think you, you winner take all, and whoever runs with whoever wins that belt is, is going to have a lot of pressure on, on on her hands. But run it, have a legit title run, and absolutely you you set the standard that intergender matches, or basically in this company we don't see gender all at all. Period. That if you are Going to wrestle for Impact Wrestling, you're just a professional wrestler. Not male, not female. Because you look at it too, they've already done that before with weight classes. They don't have a heavyweight title and a cruiserweight title. The X Division title is no limits. That's what it's based off of. So anybody of any size can win it. Yes, more most more, more than likely a high flyer, fast paced type wrestler has won, will win it. But we've seen other people win those belts before. Unlike 
you know, a, a cruiserweight title or a light heavyweight title or whatever it is. So they, they've already scrapped that with, with you know, the, on the men's side. The knockouts championship, you look at, especially in, 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 in their knockouts now, Tessa Blanchard is already the champion. Um, Jordan Grace, who is more than capable of doing intergender matches. A Taya Valkyrie, more than capable of doing intergender matches. You have the roster to do it now to build to build that uh, that I guess that stigma that women are not just you know it's not just a one and done thing that women can legit compete with the men and it's believable. I'd run with that for sure. I would book that, um, and I would do it at our biggest pay per view of the year. I'm I'm not so sold on the idea because. Uh, don't get me wrong. I'm all for intergender matches. That's completely fine with me. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're talking longevity here. And um, let's face it. Uh, it. And this isn't a shot at any of the, the women uh, wrestlers on uh, that would work for Impact. Mm-hmm. But um, traditionally speaking, most of the time when you have a wrestling company that is dominated by men when they put effort into building a women's division uh, let's be honest it doesn't always translate over successfully um, and and that's what I fear for the most um, the other thing is uh, you have to have the talent and, and I'm, again I'm not taking away anything from Tessa Blanchard or Taya Valkyrie or Jordan Grace I think those three definitely have already proven beyond a shadow of a doubt that they can not only do intergender wrestling, but do it successfully. Again, that's a whole other thing. And and let's face it, you're not gonna not every woman wrestler is going to be worthy of intergender matches. Just like when it comes to men wrestling each other. Not all guys are, are meant to, to be at you know heavyweight t- uh, champions or tag team champions or any kind of champion. Some guys just don't have it in them. Um, and, and the other part of this, for me, I'm going to bring this up too because this happened as well. So <laughs> uh, this past week on AEW, uh, if you guys haven't watched already, spoiler alert, but Nyla Rose is your new AEW women's champion and uh, JR had slipped up on commentary and called her the king of the mountain as opposed to the queen of the mountain and so he got a little bit of backlash about that but uh, ladies and gentlemen he's technically not wrong because she's transgender and uh, this brings up a whole other can of worms uh, that I wanted to, to interject here since we're talking about intergender things um, I had this discussion in the car ride home from uh, from a poetry show that we had went to over the weekend because uh, uh, my daughter did not watch the segment with Nyla Rose uh, as of as of that time, uh, so she she didn't hear Jr. state that, and so the, the moment I told her about it, she's like, whoa, 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 whoa you know that's terrible of him slipping up like you know how much trouble did he get into all that stuff but um my point here before i ramble uh my point here is you have to have t- 
talent that's capable of fulfilling that that fate, that destiny mm-hmm. that that roster is going to go through. And, um, you know, AEW still gets a certain amount of flack for having Nyla Rose even on their roster because she's transgender. And I made the comment, and I stand by my comment. I know a lot of people don't agree with me, but Nyla Rose does things... She, she performs feats of strength that, let's face it, no no other woman on the AEW roster can, including Awesome Kong. Mm-hmm. Um, and I hate to say this, I, again, I'm probably going to get a lot of fucking heat for saying this, but I'm calling it what it is. It's because she originally was a male. And, you know, I, I'm not... I'm not here to, to stir up stir the pot or anything like that. That's not what I'm trying to do. Sure. I'm just trying to call the situation what it is. Um, there are certain talent, whether they be male or female, that just cannot be good wrestlers or or main event wrestlers. There's there's always tiers of wrestlers. There, it's always going to be that way. You're going to be at the beginning of the card. You're going to be a mid-carder, or you're going to be a main eventer. That's just the way it works, yeah. because not everybody is at the same skill level as you are. Now, the whole thing with Nyla Rose is a little bit different, because obviously they've they've put her at the, the, the top of the heap there uh, with the title now, but she's more than capable of, of, of pretty much at, at least um, out... Uh, being stronger than than the rest of the roster, um, I know that doesn't always translate over to what makes a, a great wrestler. But let's be honest: if you're gonna be pulling moves out of your ass that involve feats of strength uh, to some degree, you're going to be have to be strong. And that's my point. But uh, how does that how does that affect you in your decision to go all in on intergender and impact wrestling? Does uh, do you see that being a, a, a source of uh, trouble, possible trouble down the line that they can't get enough uh, of of a, of a working roster to make that get over? I guess that's what I'm asking. Yeah, uh, that's 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 definitely a fair point, and and I agree with everything you say there. Uh, and I and I I understood that going into uh, me going all in, but for me. I, I still love the idea of dropping the the whole use of gender altogether, and I get it. I, I trust me, I, I get it. I wholeheartedly get it that not every woman that's going to walk into that building and is that company, I should say, is going to be worthy of that title. But to your point, you know, male or female, that's it's going to work that way. You know, it's going to be okay. You're you're going to be X division. Maybe maybe you could be tag team. Whatever it is. My thing is, if you build that culture now with what you have, and let's let's call it the the the, the big three here, if you will, sure. to use the basketball term, I guess, to use the big three that they, you have in Blanchard, Valkyrie, and and uh, Grace. If you build that culture, what you can potential what you potentially bring is more women talent of that caliber. That will say, hey, you're going to give us this kind of opportunity that we can't get anywhere else in the entire world. I want to I work for Impact Wrestling. And yes, are you going to get duds? 
Absolutely. But you're going to get duds no matter what in the wrestling business. You're going to get guys that are just like, look, all you are is supplemental talent. We're going to pay you accordingly because that's all you are. And that's fine. you know. And I think that's necessary for the wrestling business to, to succeed anyways, is that not everybody can be a superstar. Not everybody is going to be the next big thing, if you will. Um, is it risky? Yeah, it's it's hella risky. It's something that nobody's doing in, uh, anywhere else, and that's why for me, and and maybe I'm the risk taker that you know probably is going to bite off more than he can chew, maybe. But for me, I I, I want to put in my chips there because of the the foundation that I have right now and those three women who I know that can put in a good had a good match with anybody on that roster. And even though they're not guaranteed to be with me forever, if I can build that foundation, I'm set. And I, and I and I have and I have and, and, and I, like whether it's the world champion, the X division champion, the tag team titles. If you bring in a legit second tier title or another second tier singles title, whatever you do, so you have four titles again. I think it can work. I I, I, I wholeheartedly it can work. But I also do know that it can certainly fail, and I can flop in my ass. But for Impact Wrestling, especially, you're in that you, you, that company has fucked up so many times by doing stupid things. <laughs> but you know, but but a lot of it, to my point here, a lot of it is because they were doing the same things that other people have done before, and you know, bringing old talent for one era was bringing in old talent, Hogan and Bischoff and all that shit again, to you know, trying to be a copycat of WWE. You're doing something that's completely different. If you fail here, at least you fail doing something that you started. And maybe it's not, maybe it's not going to work. Maybe women and men shouldn't be competing against each other in the ring on a regular basis. I don't know. I, I as of right now, I don't agree with that. But the only way to truly find out is to actually give it a, give it the old college try. Uh, and I would be willing to do that with Impact Wrestling. If you were to put me in MLW, hell no, I, I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be doing that. What I am I saying that a woman shouldn't uh, shouldn't be a, a a world champion MLW? No, I'm not saying that. But I would I wouldn't say cash in. I mean, not that they have a women's title right now, although that's still in the making. I would say that a women's title should still be there, uh, just so you have it. Um, but I, I do I do like the idea of 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 having to where anybody can challenge for that belt. I'm not a big fan of New Japan's weight classes or Japanese weight classes to begin with. I don't like that. I don't like having Hiromu Takahashi. Are we? Am I? Am I to say Takahashi can't get in the ring with Tetsuya Naito and and, and beat him? I, I don't buy that. I don't buy that. So why are we? Why are we divided by weight classes? I've never been a fan of cruiserweights and light heavyweight titles because this is pro wrestling. This isn't MMA. This isn't boxing. This is, it's pro wrestling. Rey Mysterio got in the ring and beat the big show once. And it's believable. I mean, he didn't manhandle him. He beat him in a way that a, a much smaller guy would beat a big guy, but it made, they made it work. It wasn't a great match per se, but it was good storytelling. I mean, big show literally took the fucking man and, Swung him like a baseball bat while he was strapped <laughs> to a stretcher. You know, I mean, it's shit like that. But then Rey Mysterio prevailed over him. Like, it's it's believable because it's pro wrestling, so it's not real for one. And two, if you're a good booker, if you're a great booker, you can make 
you could you could turn anything into a good storyline if you're good at what you do, and if you have the talent around you that's willing to be on board. And that's the most important thing too. Those are the two most important keys: good booking and talent that's on board with what you're doing. If you have men that are just be like, I'm not selling to a woman, it's never gonna work. And see, that's that's what I, I guess I fear, you know. And it's a legit fear. Yeah. But yeah. but again, if you build that culture with what you have now, then anybody that walks in there say, look, this is how it's, how it is. If you're not on board with this, then Impact Wrestling isn't for you. And does it mean that you risk you know not signing a a top tier talent? Sure. But if that's the culture that you're willing to to to, to buy into. I mean, I would, and then not only that, but like, look at their female demographic. They're gonna be, they're gonna be more, in my opinion, more on board to say, "Hey, you, you, you don't just give us our own belts. Like we, you treat us like we want to be treated." And again, it, it doesn't work for everybody. And 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 what we have today, it's what I'm saying is not going to work for everybody, but it would certainly work for an Impact Wrestling. Could it fail? Absolutely, absolutely, it could. Shouts out to Independent Wrestling TV um, and Beyond Wrestling, who, you know, whether uh, wh- whether you disagree with me or agree with me or, or vice versa with Matt, um, and Beyond Wrestling will definitely, if you're not sold on Impact Wrestling, Beyond Wrestling will make you a believer. Um, they do some awesome intergender stuff, and uh, I think I think it's a shame that. Uh, Impact Wrestling is kind of getting, uh, well, not kind of, getting a lot more attention about intergender matches than Beyond Wrestling is because Beyond Wrestling's been doing it longer <laughs> and more successful. Yes. So, um, yeah, there you go. Um, that's going to do it for us this week. Um, again, please go support professional wrestling, whether it be traditional, intergender, um, what have you? Shouts out to uh, local local company Warrior Wrestling, based in in our backyard, basically uh, new Warrior Wrestling champion Brian Pillman Jr. Congratulations! Congratulations, man! Huge win, huge win. I, I'm sorry I couldn't be. I wanted to be there, but uh, Valentine's Day weekend. It's all good. Had, had things good. to do, but uh, but yeah. yeah, if you can go to a show, please by all means go see a wrestling show, and uh, it's 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 going to be the best. 20 to 40 bucks you spent, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, we are available on social media, as always, facebook.com slash 20x20crew. That is our main Facebook page. Come talk to Matt and I. Facebook.com slash groups slash 20x20talk. You can sit and talk and share memes and uh, all kinds of good shit. Uh, we're available on Twitter. Hate tweet Matt and us, uh, Matt and I, about uh, intergender matches over on Twitter twitter.com slash 20x20crew um, we're available on Instagram instagram.com slash 20x20crew where you can uh, share uh, pics of live events and stuff uh, with us that'd be great and uh, email us 20x20crew at gmail.com for the time being uh, with your fantasy bookings questions comments concerns the whole nine thank you again to the the fan that reached out about Brock Lesnar. That was definitely a take that I I did not think about. And, uh, interesting. Interesting to, to say the least. Um, 
We're also on YouTube, 20x20crew.com slash podcast slash YouTube. We'll take you to our official YouTube channel. Make sure you hit that subscribe button and uh, the little bell to uh, be notified when we upload new content. And as always, our home on the web, 20x20crew.com, where you will find merch and all of our past archives and uh, everything that is your 20 by 20 ring crew. And on that note, you going to take us out or you want me to do it? No, I'll do it. All right, um, cool. Yeah, uh, 95 episodes done and over with. 95. 95. Thank you so much for all the support. Thank, thank you, for you all, guys. Thank you for all the sponsors for the support. And uh, I've been Matt. He's been Joe. You guys have been fantastic yet again. And until next week, we will see, see you in, in the, the ring. ring. There are much bigger fish to fry than you two jerks. Bobby Fish just said fish. Pete, Pete, that's hilarious. How much fish could Bobby Fish fry if Bobby Fish could fry fish? Don't worry about how many fish Bobby Fish could fry. He said it. It's a thing now. It's a thing now. How much fish could Bobby Fish fry if Bobby Fish could fry fish? How much fish could Bobby Fish fry if Bobby Fish could fry fish? All that matters is that TakeOver, the Brozoweights, are going to smoke the Undisputed Era. <laughs>